Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Karen Donnelly. I'm the pop culture editor here at Mamma Mia and filling in for Key again today. Yeah. Is she still locked in that closet? Have you checked on her? Does she need water? (laughs) I gave her some food last night. She's doing well. Oh, good to hear. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers with her. (laughs) Well, on the show today, we have Weekend Watch. So we have a brand new TV show and a new movie that we are going to recommend that you devour this weekend. And we'll have some special cameo voices coming in. So make sure you stick around for that. And in other exciting news, our Watch Club episode for the Stan original series, Eden, is dropping tomorrow. So if you haven't watched all of Eden, make sure you watch through to the end of the eight episodes because we are going to go in deep on that surprise plot twist at the end. So you're going to want to have all the information before you listen to that. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. So, Laura, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom have a message for us from the future. Are you ready for this? Born ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, the anti-corruption organisation Represent Us has released a new ad starring the couple in support of their For the People Act, a voting rights bill which is set to be presented to the US Senate next week. So, basically, the bill would stop politicians from doing dodgy things to stop people like senior citizens, people of colour, rural communities from being able to submit their votes. Yes, just bad all around. Because we know, yeah, look, the US is just a little bit dodgy. There's lots. It's very the handmade tell the early years. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. In. This is the prequel. Anyway, so to raise awareness for this, they've come out with this ad starring Orlando and Katie. So it starts with Katie and Orlando and they're in a bunker in the year 2055. They've got this long, frizzy grey hair. Yeah, they've really aged them up. And they've got like, yeah. So basically... There's obviously not hairdressers in this dystopian future. It's all about just going natural. So they somehow managed to figure out how to send a video transmission back to the year 2021. And this is what they have to say. You are our only hope. The America you know doesn't exist in our future. Democracy is dead. We have no voice. The regime watches our every move. It started when voter suppression ran wild all over America. The voting rights bills died in the Senate. Polling places closed. We lost our right to vote. This future doesn't have to be. You have the power to change it. Save democracy while you can. So at the end there, they run out of the bunker because the government's like barging down the door to get it. Yeah, they're like, (laughs) you can't send a message back to 2021. And Katie's like, call your senator. And then Orlando goes, 
tell Daisy we love her, obviously talking about their nine-year-old daughter. <laughs> Who's probably Daisy. like, please leave me out of so this. So I'm like, is Daisy not in the dystopian future? What happens to Daisy? Oh, Daisy. Or she Daisy make doesn't it. make it. Or she's like part of a different resistance group. Or maybe she's part of the government. Maybe she's now part of voter suppression. She I feel like Daisy be... Bloom has gone down a dark path. Yeah, it really ends on like a, a dark note there. So I'm assuming they're running off to get haircuts at the end there, <laughs> sorting that out. What did you think? When I first saw this this morning, it took me kind of a while to process it because it actually plays out like almost a, a quite a high quality dystopian movie. So, you know, it's both of them. They had this complete face makeover with their hair. Yeah, Yeah, prosthetics is the word I was looking for. (laughs) Completely aged up. They're super in character. Like, they're both really method acting. Especially Orlando. Like, he is just going for it. This is his biggest role in years. (laughs) It really is. Fully, like, given, like, old Orlando a backstory. Katy Perry's in it. Like, really, you know, in this kind of, like, survivor mode. There's that point where they're sending out this mess, this, like, illegal message to the masses and it comes up like it's like a dark, rainy street, like, classic dystopian movie. Orlando's face comes up over all the different screens through town, like very kind of almost like old school Blade Runner. And it's just like, it's so funny. But also, I feel like this is exactly how celebrities should be using their fame and their kind of talents to promote stuff like this, because usually these kind of political messages are celebrities sitting in a like a very neutral room wearing jeans and a white t-shirt very like no I've got no makeup on but this makeup took 10 hours to apply kind of look and they're just like preaching to the camera and then sometimes they like try and mix up and they put a black and white filter over it or something and I feel like that's just become noise now and people feel very lectured too whereas these two were obviously just like we're going to make fools of ourselves this is hilarious and maybe people will actually watch this yeah it's a lot more fun and Look, if I was like living my life right now and Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom came and sent a, a message, message from, from the future, I'd, I'd listen. I'd take it on board. I just want to watch this movie now. I, I know it was only meant to be like a two second ad, but I'm like riveted. I feel like those government ads about consent would have, you know, been a lot better if it had just been like celebrities giving us a message from the future. Exactly. Message to the government. More Katy and Orlando. <laughs> So in other less funny news, Victoria's Secret have announced today that they are getting rid of their angels. So they were a group of, how to say this, notably thin models with celebrity status who would walk the runway at Victoria's Secret's televised fashion shows. And they were the ones who would wear the elaborate wings and also the brand's lingerie. So over the years, both the kind of televised fashion show and the women the brand chose to walk and represent them have become very problematic. And over the years, it's become less about a fantasy element and more about all these horrible stories that have come out from behind the scenes. So we've had things like um, former model Erin Hetherington, who said that she left Victoria's Secret after four years because the pressure to lose weight had an extreme mental health effect on her. And she said many other women felt the same way. We had models like Adriana Lima, who was very much kind of a headlining angel for many years, say that for nine days before the show, she would consume no food and the kind of really intense health risk that posed to her. And there's even stories about women being bullied to lose weight and being kind of like dropped by their management if they didn't go down to extreme weight levels. And also those stories about them consuming tissues backstage, trying to trick their stomachs into thinking they were full. So just not a good time for anyone. So now the company, after kind of like a lot of extreme backlash, particularly after last year's show where people were really saying like, where is the diversity? You're not really appealing to the women that you're trying to get to buy your product. 
and sales have been down across all of their stores. Also, the TV show, like the televised event, which used to be this kind of must-watch thing, like it's still attracting a huge audience, but the numbers were going down. So now they've kind of done a complete about face and they've taken away their angels. So their wings are gone, no more of that. And instead, they've replaced them with a series of accomplished women who share a common passion to drive positive change. So they're still going to be like wearing the underwear and going down there. Yeah, I mean, that part isn't as much clear. I don't think they'll be strutting down the runway so much. I mean, they kind of haven't said exactly how this is going to work. More that they'll be spokespeople for the brand, I would say. So it's kind of an interesting lineup. So the new group includes champion US soccer player and women's pay equality advocate Megan Rapano and also actor and entrepreneur Priyanka Chopra-Jones, LGBTQ plus activist and model Valentina Sampino, South Sudanese refugee model Adut Aket, and also body positive advocate Paloma Esselner. So it's kind of a real about face for the business, but it's also, I'm kind of wondering, like this is a $7 billion empire they've built. They've realized their business is tanking, so they're trying to kind of feed into what people want. And it is kind of different in terms of like in the last couple of years, they've kind of been trying to more pull in models who have their own kind of brand and their Instagram celebrity outside of Victoria's Secret. So models like Gigi Hadid and Kendall Jenner. And now the brand's done a whole flip around. I'm actually kind of wondering how relevant this is for women like there's a lot of celebration around it today I don't know any women that wear underwear for like as a fantasy thing like you put on your knickers and you go out and you do your job and you do whatever you're doing like it seems very outdated to like the whole brand feels really weird to me yeah exactly and I can see where they're trying to salvage it and particularly because it has had this such a strong kind of pop culture influence for so many years I mean it wasn't just the models who were walking in the show kind of became celebrities in their own right it was the fact they would actually get like celebrity acts like Taylor Swift to kind of come and play and so it was this whole big kind of cultural event and it's only the last couple of years especially when like the head of Victoria's Secret was asked about the diversity last year and he's like well we tried to do a show for plus size women but no one was interested which kind of data tells us is not completely true. And then also they talked about having trans models and he said, oh, we would never do that because it's about fantasy. And he's obviously since backtracked on that because the backlash was so intense, but it kind of doesn't really, I think, affect the business's bottom line. So plus-size people and non-binary people are not part, not of, the part of the fantasy. So in this new rebrand, are there going to be plus-size models and Plus size sizes? Well, I mean, Paloma Eslana is like a really famous plus size model. So she's kind of, I guess, the diverse size representation. And I say plus size, I mean, all of her Vogue covers and stuff are amazing, but she's she's plus size in like fashion terms. So she's like a, a 16, 14, yeah. like flat yeah. stomach, like not a visibly plus size woman, but still like completely worlds away from any kind of woman who Victoria's Secret would have embraced before. So it's definitely a step forward. But I'm wondering how much this is actually going to have make a difference in the kind of pop culture entertainment realm because we kind of keep seeing like TV shows and movies and, and brands like this that have that celebrity influence kind of pulling out like one person, like one diverse person or one size diverse person to kind of be part of their brand. But then we're still seeing kind of the women who, who are like leading movies and leading TV shows and being kind of booked for brands and stuff still kind of falling into that thin, white, straight woman kind of persona. Yeah, this feels a bit – it does feel a bit tokenistic. Like there's one size 14, size 16 woman. Like that's not representing me. 
Yeah, it kind of feels like a little tokenistic, but, you know, I'm glad people aren't going to be forced to be eating tissues backstage and all that kind of thing. But also, I feel like this also doesn't, like, it doesn't erase diet culture. I think that's, like, it's it's an interesting conversation. I think, like, you know, we could go around in circles for ages, but it's one of those things, it's like, yes, you're going to put a few of these women on your billboards and stuff, but it's not going to kind of change how the entertainment and fashion industry works, which trickles down to how we live, so... Yeah, I guess it's a step in the right direction and we just have to wait and see what happens. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. I finished my work week on my couch. Ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. Karen, I know that you've been telling everyone in the office today about this show, so go on, let it out. (laughs) I have. So this week I am recommending the British comedy drama Feel Good, which is streaming on Netflix. So the show is created by Canadian comedian Mae Martin, who plays a fictional version of herself in the show. It's set in Manchester. So she's Canadian, but she's living in the UK. Her character in the show and herself in real life is a recovering addict who has replaced narcotics with an addiction to love. So at the start of the series, she meets a woman named George and they start dating and then soon they move in together and it's all moving really fast and it seems like this it's this great romance. But then we find out that she's a recovering addict and this is what she's basically replaced cocaine with. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. George also is like this really sort of proper middle-class British woman who's only ever dated men before. So this is her first same-sex relationship and she hasn't come out to her family or friends and she's sort of struggling with that where May's struggling with her own thing and then she finds out that May's a recovering addict while May's having a FaceTime call with her mother. Oh, wow. Linda, who is played by Lisa Kudrow. Oh, Lisa Kudrow in anything is so good. It's so amazing. So Lisa Kudrow is actually May Martin's idol. Like she's loved her for years. And when she was creating the show, she decided to send the script to her as a bit of a joke. Like, oh, oh right. this is the long shot. I'll yeah, send yeah. this to Lisa Kudrow. And Lisa Kudrow was like, yes, 100%, I want to do it. So this is like her dream come true. So Lisa's character's name is Linda and she's writing a book and she the only thing we know about it is that it's extremely graphically violent. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and she like it's Lisa Kudrow at her, her best. It's like Phoebe but a darker, more complex Phoebe, basically. Yeah. She loves those kind of quirkier comedy roles, like those smaller ones, because you think after like Friends, she could be in like big kind of commercial tentpole movies and TV shows. But I find like she does like smaller series, guest spots, web series, like The Comeback is one of my favourite shows yes. that she's in, like so brilliant. So And anything she touches is just amazing. And I just love the fact that she was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, because the content is good. Yeah. So the dialogue is absolutely amazing. I kept like, I was watching it and I had to keep rewinding it to re-listen to bits because I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. So there's a bit where she's in May's in a Narcotics Anonymous meeting and one of the women is talking about her daughter, Lava. 
And she goes, sorry, did you say lava? And the woman goes, yes, darling, hot rocks, that's the one. <laughs> and it's just like really quick and funny. And then another time May's describing George and she goes, my girlfriend, her name is George. She looks like a fit little squirrel or something. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> it's just like really funny. Yeah. So she's hilarious. Lisa Kudrow's hilarious. And there's just constant like dialogue between these characters that you just like, you just want to rewind it and you just want to keep experiencing it. So it's really funny, but it also deals with pretty hefty topics like the addiction, coming out, power and privilege, because they're from very different backgrounds. Like George has sort of coasted through life as a middle-class white woman without any issues. And May's like, you don't actually know what it was like for me to grow up out. It has a 100% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's hard to get. That is really hard to get. The first season dropped on Netflix last year and the second season dropped a couple of weeks ago, so you can watch them all now. There's six 25-minute episodes in each season, so it's like three hours, perfect. You can watch it in one night on a Sunday afternoon. And if you love Fleabag, All right. you're going to love this. Good recommendation. I'll put it on my list for this weekend. Yes. Okay, well, mine could not be more different, but I guess it's also about telling women's stories in a way, so that kind of fits. So I'm recommending the new movie, Fast and Furious 9. Nine? Nine, yep. So there's nine in the series, and I mean, I don't think you have to watch all nine to get up to speed with this one, but you know, they're a rollicking good time. They've been out for 20 years, like this is the 20 year anniversary, and there's one more coming, wow. so it's going to be 10 in the Because I remember having like a huge crush on Vin Diesel when yep. I was like in my early 20s. He's still hot in this, and can I just say... Also, it is amazing how that man can carry a movie, literally carry a movie while saying nothing. <laughs> so he just walks around being all tall he's and hot just, yeah, and, and he, bored. And he really is, all those things. <laughs> but also in this movie, it's got a real influx of female characters and they really get to not only kind of be the heroes, but also the villains and the brains. So Keen and I went and saw the movie for that reason, because we knew that Michelle Rodriguez was back. So she plays Letty and she's kind of very much the hero of this story. And then you've got Charlize Theron, who is back as Cypher, and she is just an amazing villain. Helen Mirren also makes an appearance as a criminal Ooh. mastermind who kind of has a very sexy scene with Vin Diesel, but also very action-packed. Like, yeah, she's so, she's been in these movies. She's part of this franchise. She loves everyone. being a sexy villain. I know. I want her to have her own spin-off where you're just watching her as Queenie be like a London gangster, but we'll get to that. Cardi B's in the mix. You know, what? everything's happening. So we actually talked to Keen. I had a chat to two of the leads from the movie. So we talked to Jordana Brewster, who anyone who's watched the movies would know was in the original as Mia Toretto, so the sister of Vin Diesel's character, and also the love interest and then wife of the late Paul Walker's character, Brian. So she's been out of the last few movies because in order to kind of write Paul Walker's very sad death into the storyline, they kind of had these characters go off and kind of live a quieter life but now that they're kind of rebooting the series with this female focused where like none of the characters are over like really over sexualized they got their own fight sequences and their own kind of mm. stories there's a real strong mm. kind of sisterhood bond and plenty of dumb action like they go to space it's not like a kind of a very like did you say word. they, they go, go to space at one stage yeah in their cars like yeah the car goes to space it makes sense in the movie except not at all <laughs> so we chatted to Jordana Brewster about how she kind of hit a very like secret tribute in the movie and she also talked about how over the years as there's been this huge shift in the way women are treated in Hollywood that has kind of flowed through to how they make these big blockbuster action movies and what she was actually allowed to say on set. I think 
these films since their inception have always been really great at having such diverse characters and having strong female leads. Even so, there are some people that say, you know, action films aren't for women. We work at a women's media company and people say that to us, but we are huge fans of the franchise. What would you say to people who think that women don't enjoy action films? Well, I think they should speak for themselves and maybe they don't enjoy action films, but I don't think they should. They can speak for women in general because um, I think not only are they super fun to watch, but they're super fun to be a part of. I think between Ramsey and Charlize Theron and um, Helen Mirren, I feel like there's so much to see and there's so many great role models. And um, I feel like this is a wonderful franchise for boys and girls alike. And it's cool because women want to be in on the fun too. Like these movies look so fun to make. Like I walked out of the cinema the other day being like, I feel like I'm ready to do like an action sequence. Yeah, I thought she was going to start like cartwheeling (laughs) down the street. Like I think that's kind of the vibe you have when you come out of these movies. (laughs) That's good. That's what we want. I love it you've been playing these characters for so long. Do you get to have any kind of input coming back um, to this movie in how Mia's character, any of her storylines or anything like that or any of her dynamics on screen? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been published that, that Michelle insisted on having a female writer as well on set and a female voice. And Justin, Michelle and I had, had many meetings about our scene in Tokyo. And it is so different now to be on set because back in the day, I would have never spoken up. I would have never said, you know, this is what I think, you know, my character should do. And and now input is is welcomed. And so that's that's a really, really cool thing. And absolutely, I do speak up and sort of make my suggestions. And, and sometimes they're realized, sometimes they're not. But um, either way, we're in, we're in a place where it really is a team effort. And that's that's really... It's great to see. Oh, that's beautiful to hear. And speaking of that kind of team dynamic, something that was really lovely to watch on in the movie was how they incorporated Paul Walker's character, Brian, into the storyline. And every time the character spoke about him, you still felt that he was very much present and part of the storytelling. Was that something that you all had in your mind kind of going into this is kind of how do you keep him as part of that narrative and part of this new story? Yeah, I, it's it's very important for me to honor Paul's legacy in the right way. I do it through small things. Like I worked with Sonia, the costume designer, and I said, you know, if it, if Mia's leaving her family and, and to, to deal with Jacob and to deal with Dom, like I want her to have something that speaks to them. And so the three bracelets I'm wearing each have, it's got Brian and then I named my daughter Olivia and our son Jack. And so those bracelets signify that. And then I also think that Brian is always going to be a part of the Fast and Furious universe. And and it is beautiful to bring him up and to honor him, whether it be through his car driving up. And, and um, those are bittersweet but also beautiful moments that um, that are there. So that's really cool. We also talked to Natalie Emmanuel, who is a star of this movie as well. So I think a lot of people would know her from Game of Thrones and also For Weddings and a Funeral on Stan, one of my favorite rom-coms. <gasps> So she is back in this as a, a hacker and tech whiz, Ramsey. And it's quite different that she has a, quite a different role to the other women in the film because she's very much the smart one, the brains of the operation. She's also the only one who can't drive. And that was kind of really played into her character. It was a bit of an inside joke about her. She's only now realized because she can't drive, yet she's the star of a franchise <laughs> about cars. So she told us all about that. And she and Key also had a really beautiful moment talking about the fact that as a 
woman of colour, she was just bringing a whole different side of representation to the film. And Key was kind of saying to her, like, it's I'd never see women who look like me in these movies who have the same hair as me and who are allowed to kind of be themselves in this way. So it was kind of like a really beautiful connection there. We were interviewing Jordana and we kind of said to her, you know, it's been 20 years since the first one was released. It's so exciting. And she mentioned how a lot of things had actually changed on set and that now the female actors are really kind of encouraged to give feedback and contribute to building out their character. Have you had a similar experience on set playing Ramsey? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we had a great... We had a, I mean, the girls are definitely representing um, the, you know, the badass women were definitely representing in Fast 9. And it was really lovely to see and lovely. There was like one day where I, I sort of counted the number of women uh, on set and the men on set in terms of the actors. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like the same. <laughs> like, and that was really cool, you know, because it is usually just like slightly imbalanced the other way. So I thought that was awesome. But, you know, they've always really represented, like, kind of really amazing female characters in these movies. But it was just really, really cool to, like, suddenly be standing there. It was almost like we are a little girl gang, like, yes, <laughs> this is amazing. Well, I particularly love seeing you on screen. I mean, this movie has so many diverse characters, but... I look like you, you look like me. So seeing you up on screen is just so exciting and seeing a really strong female character in that way. And something I really liked seeing was just you in those braids, you know, because your work, you're in business, you're doing your thing. And then at the end, you know, when the crisis is done and you're celebrating, you let out that hair and it just feels, you can feel Ramsey completely changing into this like carefree character. Yeah, like it's there's definitely like an efficient sort of, efficiency to her hair but also she's like make it fashion and function yeah you know like you know she's trying you know obviously she's got I mean I've, obviously I've got this kind of hair that you know in all its glory is is great fun but in the sort of the mission that they're going on you know Ramsey's made a decision about you know how I'm going to protect my hair <laughs> in this jungle and beyond you know so so it was definitely like a, a choice uh, in a sort of efficient, practical sense, but yeah, functional. Also look awesome and as well at the same time. I did love that, and then when um, I said, "Oh, I can't remember whose suggestion it was," but I, but I was really like happy when everything was sort of calm, everything calms down, and we're like having our little family barbecue. It's like, yay! I can let the let the throw out again. Yeah, Anna. It, and she had a day that day as well. You know, like when you do your wash and go and you're like, oh my God, it's just the best version yeah. of it. looked and so it good. Really it was a really successful one. So Fast and Furious 9 is out in cinemas now and as we said to as when we were talking to both of the women, it's not just a film for guys. Like women love action movies too, particularly this one because it's full of female characters. So if you want to see some just crazy action, go see it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And if you love this show, please make sure that you're following us on Spotify or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And please make sure that you also leave us a review. Tell us what you love about the show. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Madeline Joannou with audio production by Madeline Joannou. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. 
we pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.